ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Member FDIC. Our phone lines this hour brought to you by White Claw at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. White Claw Heart Center. It is made pure. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Welcome into the Tuesday, July 27th edition here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We'll get you caught up on what's happening with the Thundering Herd. More honors coming the Thundering Herd's way today. So we'll talk about that as again, we're in watch season. It is the season of preseason watch list, so we've got more updates on that. We'll get your phone calls in, as I mentioned. Also, you can find me on social media, at Paul Swan on Twitter. And we've got a Facebook page for you as well, The Drive with Paul Swan. Looking forward to interacting with you on social media. So, big story today continues to be Oklahoma and Texas as far as college football landscape is concerned. Of course, at the Olympics as well, uh, interesting uh, developments there. With gymnastics, the the ladies take silver. Some say that that was a probable outcome, uh, despite the uh, woes of. Um, well, let's let's put it this way. When your heavy hitter cannot perform, and you still hit silver, I think that's a good thing as far uh, as as really as far as what the team was able to accomplish. I think that's fair because we put a lot on these young ladies and to achieve silver without your heavy hitter. And Simone Biles basically pulling herself out. She did it as a measure. She felt in her mind to protect her team. She just didn't feel like she had it. She was going to be more of a liability than an asset. So she pulls herself out. She was a cheerleader for her squad. I thought they performed well under the circumstances. Again, this isn't like the Olympics in basketball or hockey or anything else where you're playing for the gold medal and you lose the gold medal and you you get the silver. It's you got to earn the silver, you got to earn the bronze, you got to earn the gold. So, silver medal. Breaks the gold medal streak, but at the same time, you've got a young lady who basically came out and just laid it out. Look, yeah, I wasn't in the right place. I'm not in the right place right now, and I had to had to take care of the ladies that were on this team and not jeopardize their chances, and I had to take care of myself is basically the mes- messaging here. So, I mean, I applaud her for taking that step. I mean, it's hard. It's hard when a lot of people are focused on you to perform and it's hard when a lot of people are depending on you just to have the courage to say, look, I'm, I'm a liability out here. I can't do it. And I don't think we should at any point of this look down upon her or frown upon her. She should be applauded for stepping up for her, her own health and well-being. And honestly, I think we need to recognize that a little bit more in all athletes, uh, no matter the level of competition. But Olympics are continuing. Uh, USA softball. Japan beats softball again. That was, I guess, not shocking, but the way it happened, they shut out the USA in the gold medal game. 
this has not been the United States Olympics so far. I mean, the United States has been in and competitive in a lot of things. But uh, right now, I think the biggest story is probably uh, what water polo. USA men's basketball has not been really lighting it up. So we have definitely some interesting storylines. Uh, I know the ratings are not what they once were. And I think also that's part of the reason why you know, maybe we're not as interested because we have such a, a shifting landscape here as far as how we consume things, how NBC is placing some of their coverage. And they also have, they feel like they're curating the Olympics for the prime time. You know, it always feels like, okay, got to wait till prime time. And they're curating a lot of this, but we live in a world now where we know the results before we see it. And I'm almost of mindset that, okay, maybe they should have a, a primetime feed. Hey, you didn't catch it this morning. You didn't catch it this afternoon. Hey, here's the primetime feed. But at the same time, it's sort of like I know what happened. Why would I tune in to watch that? So I would strike when the iron is hot. I'd have it for the live feed. And for those who maybe want to go back and catch it, I would definitely have a feed for them as well. Again, more of a curated feed. But sports, sports is hard on a delay basis. It's hard. I'll go back and try to record a game that I wanted to see, but if I know the outcome, I'm I'm really not an active participant at that point. I'm more it's passive. I'm, it's in the background watching it. But I think that's been a part of the problem with the United States. Hey, on the good news though, on the good side, United States women volleyball uh, beating China. That's good. We'll take that. We will take that. I mean, the U.S. men lose the backstroke race first time since '92. The women on the volleyball side, though, beating China will take that as well. We're all good with that. USA women's basketball team beating Nigeria 81-72 to win its 50th straight game in the Olympics. So I'm telling you right now, maybe the men aren't doing business, but I'm going to take the women. At least the women on the basketball side realize what is at stake here. I mean, this is this is your sport. Basketball. This is the American sport. It's baseball. It's basketball. Right? That that football, obviously. There's not an Olympic football sport here. There's not an Olympic version of this. So I mean, you represent, you come to the Olympics and you're a United States basketball player. You show up to represent. So good there to see the United States uh at least some of the team sports doing well. We'll see how it pans out, but Right now, as far as the metal tracker is concerned, uh, Japan, I think, still has the most gold. Japan's got the most gold, and they're the host country, so I expect a good output from them. United States and China right behind, so it's 10 for Japan. Then the United States and China both have 9 as a nation. The overall medal count is in favor of the United States at 25, followed by China at 21, and then Japan at 18. And after that, uh, you have the the ROC, which is Russia. The ROC, the ROC coming in at 18. So they're climbing up the list as well. Japan has 18 as well. So as a um, as a host nation, you're doing pretty good so far. You want to perform well. I mean, there's some nations in here that they're always in. They're trying to compete and. I like seeing the small countries, countries that I've never heard of or I've heard of only once every four years and forgot about that even existed on the map. I like seeing some of those nations show up and win something. 
you know, maybe not at the expense of the United States. I, I am pro-USA at all times, but still, you know, even when that happens, you're kind of like, okay, that's cool. Uh, this little nation that has maybe five or seven athletes total sent to the Olympics, excelled and won and got a medal, so that's pretty cool. All right, college football is probably going to be the big story today. With the Olympics aside, college football going to be our big focus. As I mentioned, we've got more honors to tell you about. Uh, This time for Jamari Edwards, we'll talk about that. But Oklahoma and Texas, the saga continues. We're not at that point yet where everything is going to crumble, and you got to figure out what's going to happen. What's the end game here? What's going to happen? Will this form... A super league, will there be super leagues forming? Will the big four remaining power leagues, once Oklahoma and Texas depart the Big 12, will those leagues form a more powerful unit? Is this going to be a huge super league that's going to be formed? We'll talk about it when we continue. We'll get your phone calls in as well. It's The Drive for Tuesday, July 27th on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Well, the apocalypse has begun. Oklahoma and Texas taking the step closer to breaking the seventh seal and opening up the hell pits and fire and brimstone and everything and in other news they have made their intentions known world's worst kept secret the joint letter formally filed today to the SEC. Welcome back. It's The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host Paul Swan. So we knew this was coming. It's just now official. Oklahoma and Texas have filed a joint letter formally requesting admission to the conference beginning on July 1st, 2025. Funny. Why July 1st, 2025? Well, because, you know, the contract runs out just in time for them to be full-fledged members. July 1st, 2025. So... The statement says uh, the joint request seeks an invitation for membership in the SEC starting on July 1st, 2025. The two universities look forward to the prospect of discussions regarding the matter. And the SEC's pretty much saying, cool. I think the SEC response was fairly expected in the sense that it's like, you know, we, we didn't call them up. Let's put that out there right now. We didn't call them up here. We didn't say, hey, won't you won't you guys come in? We we don't want that out there. But you know, it's it's pretty cool that they want to come out here and, and hang out with us. And so we're gonna have a little conversation. We're gonna talk about it. But we didn't go out seeking them. Just to get that out of the way. Let the SEC Yeah, we're game. We're sure yeah, sure. Yeah, we'll we'll come on over. We'll have a little talk. It's sort of like, you remember when you were in school and if you liked a, a, a boy or a girl and you sent them a note, do you like me? Check, yes, no, maybe. It's sort of like that. That's kind of how it feels to me as far as the Texas and 
Oklahoma duo sent a note. Say, hey, do you like us? We want to hang out with you. Check yes or no. No, maybe. Just you know, skip that. I don't know why you put the maybe there. Check yes or no or maybe. I don't. I don't know why you you would ever do that. But the the grant of rights agreement is going to expire just in time for the SEC membership, if accepted, to begin on July first, twenty twenty five. I mean, that's the interesting thing here. It's because all of a sudden, Oklahoma and Texas have made. They're, well, they have made their feelings known. They want out. They want out. And at the same time, they are willing to wait it out because there's got to be a bigger strategy here. There's got to be a, a bigger plan here. And so you get the note that says, hey, look, we want to be in. And then... SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey comes out with his statement, acknowledge the letter, as I mentioned. Like, hey, yeah, we got your letter. And that's where the not proactively sought new members quote came in. However, uh, they're going to get together. There is a reported meeting scheduled for Thursday to discuss it. All you need is a three-fourths majority vote. All you need is 11 of 14 to say, yep, we are in. And this thing has to be almost a foregone conclusion. Why do you go to the trouble? Why do you go to trouble and say, you know what, we're, um, we're, looking, we're looking to leave. Unless Oklahoma and Texas have it pretty much on authority, yeah, we're going to be in. We're going to be in. So now... We got to see what happens. But this is what the full statement looked like from the SEC. The University of Oklahoma and the University of Texas, two esteemed academic institutions with storied athletic programs today, submitted formal requests for invitations to become members of the Southeastern Conference in 2025. While the SEC has not proactively sought new members, we will pursue significant change when there is a clear consensus among our members that such actions will further enrich the experiences of our student-athletes and lead to greater academic and athletic achievement across our campuses. So that's the word there. The SEC is like, yeah, we got your letter. Wink, wink. So now, if this goes through... The SEC becomes the first super conference of the power conferences. Big 12, though, not to be outdone. The Big 12, Bob Bowlesby, issued a statement today. The Big 12 conference has learned that the University of Oklahoma and the University of Texas have submitted formal requests to the SEC to be considered for membership beginning with the 2025-26 athletic year. The events of recent days have verified that the two schools have been contemplating and planning for this transition for months, and this formal application is the culmination of those processes. We are unwavering in the belief that the Big 12 provides an outstanding platform for its members' athletic and academic success. We will face the challenges head-on and have confidence that the Big 12 will continue to be a vibrant and successful entity in the near term 
and into the foreseeable future. So is 16 the number? Is that where conferences are going to look to go? 16 the number? You have super conferences of 16. You have four super conferences of 16, so you would have 64. Is that the sweet number? Maybe you have 64 teams. And which is the fourth conference? SEC, Big Ten, ACC, then number four, Pac-12, okay? So you have four conferences right there. The Big 12 right now is not looking very super. Good pieces there, but not looking very super. And so does the Pac-12 say, look, we're going to just pick apart what we want from the Big 12. We're going to cherry pick. Does the ACC say, look, come on down Kansas. I've been thinking about this a little bit. It really doesn't mean anything about geography anymore. Geography means nothing in this. It's really what makes sense for the league. And, of course, the Big Ten... The Big Ten has its own metrics to which institutions it wants to partner with. Notre Dame being the exception. Notre Dame's not a, uh, let's put it to you this way. Notre Dame has a fine education. You, you get a great education, but you gotta, you got to be part of a certain club. A certain club of institutions academically. Certain metric research there's there's a certain club there and the big 10 everyone's in the club except nebraska and at the time nebraska was in the club and then you have the acc and i'm I'm still thinking kansas is sitting out there kansas is the one school that football's not going to be a thing and not going to matter you bring kansas in for for kansas basketball In this fast-paced crumbling of college athletics and restructuring, you're sitting there, you're Kansas, you're like, okay, well, what about the Big Ten? We would fit basketball-wise in the Big Ten. Okay. What about the ACC? ACC is like, okay, you know what? We're going to take the hit on football. We'll We'll take the hit there because... Think of the ACC matchups. Imagine Kansas, Duke, Kansas, North Carolina. Oh, that would be awesome. Kansas has a a good, good amount of ground to stand on. And Notre Dame. Notre Dame likes being independent. So what do you do there? Do you go 15 for football and 16 for all other sports? Because Notre Dame's in on all other sports. Except for football, Notre Dame is all in. Could there be an enticement? Notre Dame likes being independent. Notre Dame likes having that schedule flexibility. Notre Dame likes being the only show in town on NBC. Does the ACC come back and say, look, okay, we get it. You're already committed to uh, several conference games. We get it. You don't want to lock in. We understand. But here's the benefit for you if you do this. Also, we're going to give you more money. 
you're going to get more money than NBC can throw at you. And Notre Dame might go, yeah, that's nice, but we're, we're good. But Kansas, you get Kansas, it'd be great basketball. And a lot of, a lot of talk, where's West Virginia going to end up? The ACC is still a logical place, but I don't know if the logic makes sense in 2021 the way geography used to make sense. But again, that got thrown out. You get West Virginia, Pitt, that would be great. You get some old-time rivals going back at it. Honestly, at the end of the day, what makes college football more fun than the NFL? What makes it more fun? It's the pomp, the circumstance, the pride, the excitement. You're invested, right? If you're a West Virginia fan, I mean, you're you're proud to be a Mountaineer. You are proud of the Mountaineers and you know, great success in basketball, football. You love game days on a Saturday. You love listening to the pride of West Virginia play on the Mountaineers as they run to the field. And it used to be the rivalries as well. Pitt. Virginia Tech, Penn State. I mean, West Virginia is not playing its rival on an annual basis. I mean, think of that. Backyard brawl. And the ACC, backyard brawl. Think of that. Every year. Bring it back and... That would be something I could I could market that if I'm in the ACC I could market that that would be that'd be a big t- if you did it right if you did it right that would be huge maybe I'm the one who sees it that way maybe not maybe no one else sees it that way but I would like that and of course if you're talking about what does WVU bring you okay you're not maybe getting television markets sure fine but Conference USA tried that. Hey, let's get some schools in here that bring us television markets. That brought you nothing. Absolutely nothing. If you're the ACC, you look at West Virginia and you go, well, that's a program that has pretty great success. Basketball, football is really competitive. A lot of people are loyal to the Mountaineers, love them. Maybe let me make the pitch for WVU and the ACC. I'll do it. I know some of you are are screaming right now. No. Yes, I'll make that pitch. I could sell them better than anybody. I'm in on this. I'm in on this. Because the ACC's got to make some moves. The Big Ten's got to make some moves. The Pac-12's got to make some moves. The Mountain West came out yesterday and said, look, we're, gonna, we're looking at some making some moves here. I still want to see Conference USA and the Sun Belt just get together and say, look, we got to figure this out. Our East Division teams work well with your East Division teams. Our West Division teams work well with your West Division teams. 
I say, let's just trade them off. Wherever Marshall goes, UAB. I'm, Marshall and UAB on the same side. That's uh, that's a stipulation I have. That's got to happen. Absolutely, it's got to happen because I think you would have a more interesting dynamic here, more interesting conference if you had a conference with Marshall, Appalachian State, Georgia Southern. Because the most fun that I have had as a fan, forget this job, forget this this version of me, forget this. Growing up, it was Marshall in the Southern Conference, and I enjoyed every minute of it. And, of course, that's what I knew. If you're an older Herd fan, you're probably more fond of the Mac. If you're a younger Herd fan, you don't have the fondness for the Mac the way that some people do. You probably don't have the fondness for the Southern Conference the way some people do, yours included. You don't have that memory. I think that's part of Conference USA's problem is for longstanding fans, it's not the same. But yeah, you got some you got some good things happening with Western Kentucky. You have some good things happening with Middle Tennessee. I mean, I think the east side of Conference USA, there's some interesting things going on here. And then let's add to that. Let's see an Appalachian State again. I would love to see Marshall play Appalachian State on an annual basis. That would be fantastic. It would be fun as well. And I think you got to think in terms of that way. Marshall's not getting an invite to the American. It's, it's not happening right now. The American, unless it gets bled dry, and I don't think the American's in a position where it's going to be cherry-picked the way it might have been a few years ago. I mean, does Houston and Cincinnati ultimately say, you know what, things are looking really good over there in Big 12 land. We'd like to be a part of that. I, I don't see that happening because I don't think the Big 12 is going to be as secure and stable as its membership would hope it to be and its conference leadership would like you to believe. Again, uh, this is just one man's opinion on a daily basis with what we have in front of us here. Uh, the truth of the matter is, I don't know what's going on. You don't know what's going on. A lot of people don't know what's going on. And a few people might have more of the insight, but for the most part, I don't th- I don't think anybody knows what's going on on a daily basis. Marshall, adding to its watch list honors. We'll talk about that. Jamari Edwards, star of the day for the Thundering Herd. That's when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Earlier in the week when we were talking about where's Conference USA's statement on all of this potential realignment. Where's Conference USA stand? Well, I got my wish. Conference USA releasing a statement from Commissioner Judy McLeod. It reads, Conference USA continues to monitor the ever-changing landscape of collegiate athletics. Our board of directors met Monday morning and will remain engaged discussing recent developments and evaluating opportunities to strengthen and best position our member institutions collectively. So, Conference USA now on the board. 
However, here's my question. Can Conference USA be aggressive? Can Conference USA form some sort of, I guess the best way to put this is, what does Conference USA offer? What does Conference USA offer? A few years ago, it looked like it still had the potential to be one of the best. I always made the assertion that if you're going to be considered the group of five, be the best group of five. Be the best. Right now, the American occupies that. The Sun Belt probably is right there with the American in some regards. Football has gotten a lot better. Mountain West, Conference USA, the MAC. It used to be the Sun Belt was the one you looked at and you go, oh, okay. No, the Sun Belt has definitely been aggressive, been a lot more transformative. And you're sitting there, you're Western Kentucky, you're Middle Tennessee, you're coming into this situation like, okay, we're getting out of the Sun Belt, we're going to Conference USA, it's going to be so much better. No, it's not. It's not. So what can Conference USA do? And I still think Conference USA has a problem here. It's a Texas-based league as far as the front office is concerned, but geographically, it's all over the place here. And I think that's, if you're in a conference like the Group of Five, you're a conference, you need what makes college football special. You need those matchups. And for the most part, I like the East Division. I have come to a, a place now where I'm good with the East Division. I like Western Kentucky. I like Middle Tennessee, Charlotte, Old Dominion. I like those programs. I have no problem seeing them on a schedule on a yearly basis. The Florida schools, you know what? It took Lane Kiffin, but I warmed up to them. And I've always liked Southern Miss as an institution. Southern Miss at one point definitely was carrying the flag for this league. And I hope Southern Miss becomes a program that could be a, a flag waiver again. And, and I honestly like UAB. I like some of these teams collectively, and I would like to see it strengthened a little bit more. And honestly, it makes too much sense, but it's not going to happen. Let's just go to the auction block here and say, all right, we'll give you our West teams and we get your East teams. have a Western, Midwestern-type conference and have an Eastern conference. Because, again, I like the prospect of some of the members of, of the Sun Belt. It would be fun to play some of those teams. Coastal Carolina, Appalachian State, bring it on. Let's do this. And let's put together a, a league that is interesting to say the least. And there's some interest there from the fans. Get the fans excited. Because how many of you are excited for a trip to UTEP? Come on, really? At any time. How many of you are excited? Oh, look, there's UTEP. Nothing against UTEP. It's just you're more excited for Middle or Charlotte or Western Kentucky than anything. Because 
it's the geography. It just it just resonates a little bit more for you. And that's what Marshall's been missing for a long time. And finally, I think you're getting that where you got some rivals here. You, you got some teams. And I hate to see it get messed up. But at the same time, you want to put Marshall in the best position possible because right now, every school, every administrator, every program looking out for itself, there is nothing cohesive about any of this. All right, I promise we talk about Jamari Edwards. We will talk about... Marshall, when we continue, another honor coming today. Jamari Edwards being honored with another trophy list. We'll talk about that when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank, the local bank that's here for every step of your life's journey. Member FDIC. Marshall University defensive lineman Jamari Edwards named to the Bronco Nagurski Trophy watch list earlier today. So what's the Nagurski? It's given annually to the nation's defensive player of the year. December 6th is going to be the banquet winner is going to be chosen from five finalists. They're going to be honored at this banquet. The Football Writers Association of America All-American Committee after voting input from the association's full membership selects a 26-man All-American team and eventually the Nagurski Trophy finalist committee members by individual ballot select the winner they regard as the best defensive player in college football. Notes, I am a member of the Football Writers Association of America. I just thought I'd point that out since um, I will have a vote. I'm not telling you my vote, so just stop. Don't even. That's pretty good, though. You get on the list. Why is he on the list? Well, he's second-team all-conference USA. He had 30 tackles, three and a half tackles for loss, two sacks, had a pass breakup, had a forced fumble. That's pretty good. Started all 10 games a defensive tackle for Marshall. He was also named to the league's preseason watch list earlier this year as well. So things are starting to come in. People are taking a little bit of notice of Marshall. Of course, with lists like this, players can be added and removed during the season. Uh, the Football Writers Association of America will announce a National Defensive Player of the Week each Tuesday this season. And if you're not on the watch list, if you become the National Defensive Player of the Week, you get added to the watch list. So we'll find out the five finalists from the Football Writers Association of America and the Charlotte Touchdown Club on November 17th. So let's hope that uh, we see Jamari Edwards that would be good for him. I think that would be a great honor for him. To get down to that point, that would really say something. And, of course, you want to see these kids as successful as possible and getting a lot of attention. And being on the Bronco Nagurski Trophy watch list, that gets us started right there. Baseball action coming up tonight. We've got the Pirates taking on Milwaukee. Uh, this was um, – I wasn't sure we were going to get to this one, but it's happening uh, 7 o'clock-ish First pitch, we'll have it for you starting at 640 right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930 as COVID continues. And it's almost a, a constant chore now to 
if you're not vaccinated, you get a test, and there's still that potential of getting COVID uh, despite being vaccinated again. It is more of a mitigation at this point. You're trying to make sure as many people as possible are vaccinated to lessen the potential here. Uh, it's a mitigation game. I think that gets overlooked in a lot of this. Uh, Cincinnati taking on the Cubs. Uh, that's going to be on Bally Sports Ohio. Uh, that is coming up at 8 o'clock tonight. So uh, you can watch that on formerly known as Fox Sports Ohio. Also, St. Louis taking on Cleveland. That is going to be on Bally Sports Midwest and Bally Sports Great Lakes. That's coming up tonight about 7 o'clock. So there you have it as far as the teams we're interested in. Baseball action here on ESPN, 94.1 and AM 930. Pirates taking on Milwaukee, 640 is our airtime. Think the Pirates have a, a run in them? You think the Pirates can, can make this interesting? And it's worth a shot. Let's see. Possibilities of a run in them. I mean, that'd be a heck of a second half turnaround. They could they could really make a run here. It would be interesting to see at least, and it'd be fun as we get closer to football season. Did, did I did I read the calendar right? We're we're under fifty. Am I am I reading that right? Are we under fifty now? We're there, aren't we? Summer's almost over. I mean, summer didn't even start. It just feels like it didn't start, and now it's almost over. Heard taking on Navy sooner than later as far as the eye can see. It feels like it's a few months off, but it's not. So I guess in a sense, it's right around the corner. Looking forward to it. Uh, Of course, looking forward to seeing what happens tomorrow. Oklahoma and Texas, what can they do now? Sit back and wait. I'm sure they're getting the lawyers ready. The lawyers are are getting ready because the Big 12 just got devalued immensely. And I'm sure the Big 12 wants to put this thing to bed sooner than later because the Big 12 is trying to save itself as a conference. And so what happens next? Do other members start to look elsewhere and the Big 12 dissolves? Or do you see a situation where maybe you can lure some other school away? Hey, don't like the deal in the Pac-12? Well, come over here. We've got a pretty good situation. Maybe the Pac-12 and the Big 12 need to look into maybe joining forces. That would leave a few teams out. Again, the geography is not friendly to WVU. The ACC geography is much nicer for WVU, and you have some more interesting matchups there. Still, you kind of miss the days where you had a schedule. You had Penn State on the schedule for the longest time. That doesn't happen. You had Pitt on the schedule, the backyard brawl. Say what you will about WVU if you're a Marshall fan. Uh, The backyard brawl was fun. Always was fun. And it was always a good time to see Pitt and WVU get after each other. I mean, it's a it's a big rivalry. It was a big showpiece of college football. I mean, I think that's what really helped over the years because if you follow college football, you knew about the backyard brawl. I mean, do you know about the battle for the bell? If you're not a Marshall and Ohio fan, you sure don't know about that. But you knew about the backyard brawl. 
I mean, that was that was college football right there. That was college at its finest. Again, the pomp and the circumstance. I mean, I prefer the pro game. To be honest with you, I prefer the pro game. But you can't beat the atmosphere, the pomp, the circumstance, the excitement. You can't beat all of that stuff that goes into college football. You just can't. It's it's so much better in many ways. I like the caliber of football being played in the NFL. I like the game itself. But they're two different games, same game, played two different ways, and it's just... There are only so many NFL teams, but almost everyone has a college team. And I think you're losing some of the charm of what makes college football special. But you might have these super conferences, and then you might have enough numbers to break away from the NCAA and just have your own outfit and your own organization and just play among your super membership. That might be coming sooner than later. With that said, that's going to do it for this edition. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to do it all over again with you right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. And don't forget, anytime you can't be with me live, you've got options. You can, of course, get the podcast. You can do so by going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. And do me a favor, if you would, if you enjoyed the show today, you listening to it on the podcast, hey, why don't you do me a favor, share that. See if someone else would enjoy it. I'd really appreciate that. That's going to do it with this edition. Back tomorrow, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. WRBC Huntington, W231BS Huntington, broadcasting from the Oscars Breakfast Burgers and Brew Studios. This is ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.